Greetings. It's time for Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World, a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Today's topic is Understanding Islam. Please welcome Reverend George Wolf with special guest Faiz Rahman. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here again today for Converging Streams. My name is George Wolf, and I am happy to have today in our studios Faiz Rahman. Dr. Faiz Rahman that teaches at Ball State University is associate professor in the geography department. Faiz is from Bangladesh, and he was raised in the Muslim tradition and is currently very active in the Muslim community in Muncie. Uh, Faiz, it's, I'm really glad to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you, George. Nice to be here. I thought I'd start today by reading uh, a short uh, passage from the Quran. This is one which is very well known, uh, although if you have not been exposed to Islam, you may uh, not have heard it before. But it's the very opening of the Quran, which reads like this. All praise belongs to God, Lord of all worlds, the compassionate, the merciful, ruler of judgment day. It is you that we worship, and to you we appeal for help. Show us the straight way, the way of those you have graced, not of those on whom is your wrath, nor of those who wander astray. I imagine those are very familiar words to you, are they not? Yes, these are. Because every day, any Muslim would pray five times a day, and in those five time daily prayers, there are 17 units. So at least every day, 17 times, a Muslim man or woman, would recite those verses, the seven verses. And these are called Fatiha, that means the opening of the Quran. Mm -hmm. So indeed, we are very much, uh, the Muslims are very familiar with these verses. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the mosque and the Islamic community in Muncie? How many of you are, are there and, and what your activities have been? Well, Muncie has a small Muslim community, um, maybe around 200 or so, maybe two. I don't know, 220 or something, with including children. Mm -hmm. And the mosque is uh, near the university on Ball Avenue, on 1717 Ball Avenue. Uh, well, I came in here in 2001, so I can't probably tell what happened before that. But uh, unfortunately, in 2001, we had this terrible event of 9-11. And after that, I have noticed that mosque has been very active in terms of teaching the people in the mosque about America, about how to deal with problems, about, and also being involved in interfaith teachings and uh, reaching out to other Americans about their faith, about their uh, belief, about their activities, and so forth. So I think in terms of both religion inside the mosque and reaching out outside to outside community, it's uh, quite an active mosque uh, if you think about the small number. I know that uh, you have done a lot uh of work with the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. And being the sure. pastor of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship, we appreciate your contributions, and uh, contributions not only in terms of finances, but in terms of activity, too, participating in interfaith dialogue, helping us down at the uh, food pantry that we serve in downtown Muncie at the Friends Memorial Church. All that has been very much appreciated. Well, thank you for uh, inviting all of us for that. And I think it's being a part of the society, I think, uh, includes that, be active in the society, and a lot of Muslims who are immigrant in this country, or the first-generation immigrants, uh, sometimes feel hesitant to be involved 
And being involved in something like the interfaith program would give them a chance to tell other people about their faith and tell, uh, let others know that they're just common folks like anybody else mm-hmm. and also know about others. So I think it was a very good uh, uh, chance for the Muslims in Mansi community to be mm-hmm. involved in. Well, I've noticed from reading the Quran that I have, I have a copy of a, an anthology of the Quran by Thomas Cleary. Anyone who's interested in uh, being exposed to the teachings in the Quran, this is an excellent uh, anthology. It's called The Essential Quran, The Heart of Islam, and an introductory selection of readings from the Quran. And again, Thomas Cleary is the uh, translator. Uh, this is available in a lot of bookstores, and uh, it's good for the Westerner, someone who is just being introduced to Islam, at least in my opinion, my humble opinion, coming from outside the religion. Uh, in, in reading the, the passages in the Quran, I found there is a lot of emphasis on helping reaching out, outreach, tithing, and so forth, uh, similar to what you find in Christianity or Judaism or uh, the other religions. Yeah, there's a term used in Quran. Uh, it's called, in Arabic, it's called dawah, and that means reaching out. So from the very beginning of Islam, the whole idea was to reach out to people about the faith and let people know what they believe in. So uh, reaching out is inherent in Islam. Mm-hmm. And Quran, as you mentioned, that it uh, puts a lot of importance on reaching out and letting people know who they, who Muslims are, and uh, also to be involved. But also serving the community, right? And 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 tithing right. and giving to the, the right. less and fortunate and so forth. And that's mm-hmm. why in, in many mm-hmm. in many places, Quran mentions about humankind, right? Not only that's about right. Muslims, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it says mm-hmm. this is the duty to humankind mm-hmm. and humanity as a family. So yes, it's. Uh, the submission, the term Islam means submission, and submission can happen by obeying God's order, but also by being involved in God's creation, mm-hmm. not by being separate from yeah. it. So. The, the word we use in other traditions, like the Christian traditions, is often surrender, which is this probably right. synonymous S- with synonymous, submission. Similar, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very yeah, similar term. Yeah. Can you tell us more about uh, the religion itself and what I understand to be the five pillars of yes, Islam? right. The basic idea, the basic concept in Islam is about the oneness of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, the chapter that you read, the beginning chapter, just after that, also there's another chapter that's uh, called Surah Ikhlas, or means, uh, anyway, the, the, that chapter says that, uh, say God is one. And then it ends by saying that God is like nothing else. This concept that the unity of God and God is unique is the basic concept in Islam. And then from that it uh, comes that a human being should submit himself or herself to God. And then there are some ways of doing that. So these five pillars that you are talking about are those ways, in, according to Islamic faith, of submitting to the order of God. So first one is believing in God. In Arabic it's called shahada, or witnessing that there is only one God. Second one is the prayer, daily prayer, five times a day for all grown-up Muslim men and women. Uh, third one is fasting during the ninth Islamic month. Islamic months are lunar rather than solar. So ninth month of uh, lunar calendar is called Ramadan, and fasting in that month is the third Islamic pillar. Fourth one is giving alms or charity to the poor and needy. And that's a part of religion. It's not... Uh, Somebody's just will or no, it is, somebody has to do it if they have to be in Islam and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth one is pilgrimage, going to Mecca at least once in a lifetime if somebody has uh, health 
and enough financial ability to do so. So these are the five mm-hmm. pillars that is supposed to uh, connect a person to God and also to let them connect mm-hmm. to the humanity overall. Yeah, yeah those, there's so much in there that's so universal to the other traditions. But what I like about the Islamic teachings is that it's, uh, it, it makes it very, I guess, clear and itemizes them for, for a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if I may mention here that according to Islam, worship has uh, two kinds of relationship. One is relationship of a person to God. That's a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And then similarly important relationship is a person to person. And it's so much important that uh, according to Islam again, that God may forgive someone if that person didn't do something that he or she was supposed to do for God. But if a person does something wrong to another person, then that person has to forgive in order to be, in, in order to get for, forgiven from God. Mm-hmm. So it's like uh, offending God is sometimes not taken that much seriously, rather, you know, and offending a person is much more serious. So it's uh, mm-hmm. that's why the core teaching of Islam. Sometimes some people forget about it, but I see. That's how Quran yeah. describes yeah. Islam. Right. Right. You know, I, I noticed you talked about the oneness of God and so forth. The, the, the Islamic tradition really highlights that. It not only it highlights the unity of God, but also it highlights the unity of humankind. It very clearly mm-hmm. says that all people came from Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and then God divided them into nations and tribes so that know so that they know each other. Also, the unity of message mm-hmm. in Islamic faith is that all prophets came with the same message: that believe in God mm-hmm. and lead a good life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this the concept of unity is not only about God; it's about other things too. Yes. Uh-huh. I want to read another passage from the Quran. This is one which sometimes uh, Christians are very surprised to hear. It consists of the verses in the Quran which talk about the birth of Jesus. And it goes like this. And the angel said, O Mary, God has chosen you and purified you, chosen you over the women of all nations. O Mary, obey your Lord, humble yourself, and bow down in prayer along with the prayerful. Behold, the angel said, O Mary, God announces good news to you by a word from God named the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, honored in this world and the hereafter and among the intimates. God will teach him the book and wisdom, the Torah and the gospel. God said, Jesus, I will take you unto myself and I will elevate you to me and purify you from ingrates who disbelieve. And I will place those who follow you above those who disbelieve to the day of resurrection. Most people are, uh, who, who come from outside the Islamic tradition are probably quite surprised to hear those words in the Quran. Yes, and I was quite surprised when I, I came to the United States and found out that people thought Muslims don't know anything about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, to tell, tell you the truth, the Quran mentions the name of Jesus many more times than it mentions the name of Muhammad. Because Jesus is a very highly revered prophet in Islam. Now, Muhammad is, you haven't talked about Muhammad previously, he's the prophet that uh, yes. the Quran was revealed given to, to, revealed to. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So Muslims believe that Muhammad is the last prophet in the mm-hmm. lines of prophet, prophets mm-hmm. that started from Adam. Mm-hmm. Adam, Noah, Abraham, Ishmael, Jacob, mm-hmm. Isaac, mm-hmm. Moses, and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, I think the main... Here's one thing probably we should mention, that the main difference between, uh, or one of the main differences between Christianity and Islam is the status of Jesus. Muslims believe Jesus is sinless, 
highly revere him as a prophet, but they don't believe in the divinity part of Jesus. And Quran mentions uh, in the same chapter that you were reading a few lines later that uh, the example of Jesus in the eyes of God is like that of Adam. That mm-hmm. God created Adam from no mother or father, mm-hmm. and God created Jesus from only a mother. So that's how Muslims explain that. You know, that's interesting because uh, the Apostle Paul in the Christian tradition also talks about Jesus as being the last Adam, or sometimes it's translated the second Adam. Mm-hmm. That's in Corinthians, if anyone wants to look it up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. Muslims believe the same, same, too, same thing. Mm-hmm. He was a sign mm-hmm. of God. Mm-hmm. God, crea- God mm-hmm. By that, God showed the sign that he could create someone from no man, no woman. Mm-hmm. He could create Eve mm-hmm. from only a man, mm-hmm. Adam. And he could create Jesus from only a woman, mm-hmm. Mary. And rest of us from men and women. And so be take it that way, that and be an er, and be a reflection and spokesman for that wisdom. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe just mm-hmm. also I can add something here sure. that mm-hmm. when a Muslim uh, talk about Jesus, they always say Jesus, peace be upon him. Is that right? So here, yeah. even yeah. though we are mm-hmm. mentioning Jesus, but mm-hmm. if I was talking about Jesus to anybody else or in mm-hmm. a mosque, mm-hmm. in a sermon, anything, mm-hmm. I'd always say Jesus, peace be upon him. Right. Yeah. So. It tells that how highly revered Jesus is. It's very beautiful. Islamic faith. It's very beautiful. Faiz, thank you very much for being with us today. And we look forward to continuing this interview on our next segment of Converging Streams. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.